All right. Hello. Uh, it's just me today. I'm here with a few news articles. Uh, one, the most notable one being 996 culture. But first, um, the U.S. has announced that they do not have the money to get booster shots for Americans. They, Congress refused to allocate money due to Republican opposition. So they are managed to repurpose $10 billion by removing it from other COVID things like developing tests and personal protective equipment to move some money over. And that was not enough to provide enough booster shots for every American who will want one. So uh, it remains unclear whether we're going to actually be able to get the next booster shot and how they will decide who gets it. Uh, not good at all. COVID is still raging. I caught COVID. I'm on my third day of it now. It's I've had it before, and uh, I don't recommend it, but I presumably will be getting some Pavloxid today, which is supposed to make it better. Plastic is a huge pollution issue in the ocean and everywhere else, tons of it. And they have now found some insect larvae that can eat plastic. They're not just swallowing it the way ducks and birds do and, and sea mammals where they're swallowing it and it's junk clogging up their system. No, they're actually digesting the plastic like termites can digest wood. So they're trying to figure out how they do that. They can actually live on the plastic. And therefore, that would be great. Um, one possibility would be to let these insects loose in the dump and probably another, but they're talking about more is another possibility would be to, to uh, do a chemical analysis and figure out how they do this and then uh, create some scaled up manufacturing process that uses that chemical to break down plastic. So that sounds like it might be a wonderful thing. As we're watching, as it's been the case for about 15 years, um, there's mass shootings every day, more than one per day, and it's impossible to do anything about it because the Republicans block everything. And as far as I can tell, um, that seems to reflect the will of their voters. Uh, to some extent, it's the gun lobbies. But uh, in any case, the fact is the Democrats uh, do not have enough of a majority to put anything through without Republicans on board. And there's no chance of Republicans being on board with any gun control that would do anything of any importance. All they'll do is something completely pointless. So a Democrat has proposed putting a 1,000% tax on an AR-15 weapon. And I thought that was like a silly proposal, but now Elizabeth Warren says she could get on board with that, and that makes it more serious. The good thing about this is they could do it without Republicans because they can make it a reconciliation bill and pass it with 50%, although... I think they'll find the usual problem in the Senate, which is I kind of doubt that Joe Manchin will go along with this. But anyway, um, that is something they could do. It does seem uh, to me pretty unsatisfactory because obviously it will just make Republicans angry and they will just find a way to cancel it pretty soon uh, when they get in the White House, if not sooner, and then there'll be a backlash. So it'll be temporary, small effect and, and reversed. Um, it seems to me like if you're going to do something this crazy, you might as well just do it with a Biden executive order, which would have the same effect. It'll be reversed when the next president gets in, but um, probably create less of a backlash. But anyway, um, it is probably a good idea to plan for these things. You could probably save quite a few lives in a few years. Such a thing would have effect. 
<laughs> so there was a fund which people invested in, and it was pushed by Y Combinator at a startup called Stable Gains. And they promised you 15% annual return. And they promised you that you were investing in stable coins, which had no particular risk. So you were guaranteed that return and your money was not at risk like it would be in most crypto and told them that the most of the money would be going into a, a particular stable coin that in fact did fine. And then without telling the stockbrokers, they put all the money in um, the stable coin that just crashed. So all that money is gone and the people were being lied to and people feel very uh, abused and they're blaming Y Combinator for not uh, doing any due diligence before recommending these people and so on. Um, it does seem to be uh, another tragic story. This is, I think, why Elizabeth Warren is again correct when she says the main thing we ought to be regulating is stable coins because people mark them as being low risk and they obviously are not low risk. They need to admit that stable coins are probably just as dangerous as any other kind of crypto, a high-risk investment. Nobody should be putting a large portion of their wealth in it. And the stories show people putting in their life savings, people borrowing money to put in more, and foolishness like that. So another disaster like that. So TikTok has the 996 culture I used for a title. I didn't know this. If you work at TikTok, they expect people to work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week and often beyond that time because you have to, if you live in a country like America or Britain, you have to match Chinese time. And people are very fed up with this. And it does seem like it would violate labor laws in America and a lot of other countries. And uh, they say people are quitting like crazy and getting fired like crazy for failing to abide by this. So, uh, it does seem like TikTok is going to have to modify these policies if they're going to extend to countries outside China, which they've done. I know uh, San Francisco and Silicon Valley startup cultures often have people working ridiculous hours like that, but I think they do get paid overtime and they get um, stock bonuses and such, and they, they get paid something to make up for it. Uh, I know the California law is quite strict. If you make people work more than eight hours a day, more than 40 hours a week, you have to pay them time and a half and then double time as they move above thresholds. And if you don't, you can get sued. In Chicago, there was a woman who owned a house, was remodeling and planning to sell it or something. And then she went to look at it and somebody had moved in. And she said, you have to get out. And they said, no, I don't. So she called the cops. When the cop shows up, the squatter pulls out a fake lease with a fake signature and claims to have paid her 8000 bucks and legitimately rented it. And apparently the squatters have learned this. All you have to do is make a fake piece of paper. And as soon as you make that claim, then the cops won't throw you out. They'll say, well, how do I know? I'm not, I can't decide which one of you two is lying. This has to go to court. And in Chicago, the courts are backed up by like 18 months. So you can't get them out, not for 18 months. Um, it does seem like a very effective form of social engineering, and I'm I'm not sure exactly what's wrong here, except for the courts being so backed up. I mean, how is the cop supposed to know which of you is lying? It uh, seems like a pretty good scam. In New Zealand, they have just, they are proposing to tax people for their carbon emissions, and the major carbon emission there is the farting of 
farm animals, cows and sheep, which I've heard is actually a considerable contributor to greenhouse warming from methane. And so they're planning on taxing people somehow to do this. Now, what I read a few years ago is you can actually lower it greatly by adding seaweed to the feed that you give your animals. It improves their digestion so they don't produce so much methane. Methane is really bad, much worse than carbon dioxide at warming up the air. So we'll see what comes of that. And the last one in the Apple M1 chip. Uh, it has a defect, a security defect uh, involving speculative execution, like Spectre and Meltdown for Intel chips. And it has been shown that this defect can be used to defeat the privilege escalation barriers in the chips. So a lower privilege process can make it into kernel mode by defeating the authentication system that is supposed to prevent that called ARM pointer authentication, because it's able to use speculative execution to look ahead and deduce a 16-bit value, which can be used to move over into kernel mode. There are not working practical exploits based on this, but it does represent a failure of the fundamental underlying security that enables the separation of privilege levels in the processor, um, much like Spectre and Meltdown. And uh, so it's a thing to know, they call that the Pac-Man attack. All right. Well, that's it for this one. And I'll be back with another one on Tuesday. And I'll probably be feeling better by then.